Michigan wins the game. Michigan shocks Washington, and the Wolverines are victorious. Box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away oh, I said Pandora's box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe That means I have Half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is often a song about food and food and culture and food within culture and waiter, there's culture in my food. But we're known to digress too and... By coincidence, we're about to do that immediately, as a matter of fact. We're going right into digression mode. We're going to talk about food and other things, about pickles and jams and other things. But first of all, diverting. Now... A record store, Car City Records in St. Clair Shores, is closing a fine record store. It's closing tomorrow, September 30th, for a variety of reasons, most of which because the owner and his wife have moved out of state and starting up an entire record store with a whole new staff and everything, that's a lot of work. And so the owner is saying that he's at a certain age in his life. It's time to move on. He's run the store for decades. And Sadly, Car City Records is gone. So one little thing I'm going to do this week on Pandora's Lunchbox, along with playing songs about food, is pay tribute to 45s and LPs and records and things, including ones that you wouldn't find anywhere else, most likely. Some you wouldn't want to find anywhere else or at all. But nonetheless, I was in Canesville Used Records in Council Bluffs, Iowa, when I found this gem here. Now, you, you might think to yourself, what could be better than a CB record? Or you might think to yourself, what could be better than Disco Duck? Well, that would be the CB Duck. That's right. Don't, no, don't you not wait. This is going to be, this might be worth the wait. Now, it's by a fellow named Terry Allen. I don't think it's the same Terry Allen from Texas who did lots of great records. I think this is a fellow from Nebraska. In fact, this was recorded in Davis City, Nebraska. Goes a little something like this. and I were driving down I-25 one Sunday night when a tiny little truck passed us without any running lights. John looked real hard and rubbed his eyes and then looked over at me. He said, I don't believe my eyes, so tell me what you see. I said it looked to me just like a tiny little truck. And the little guy driving, he looked like a tiny little duck. I turned the squelch up on the CB to see if the little guy had ears. And asked John if he thought we'd had just one too many beers. About that time, a weird little voice broke the silence in our van. It said, Break a night for a southbound. I'm the friend. For a while, we sat in silence, not believing what we'd heard. Then that weird little voice came crackling back, sounding so absurd. It said, Break your knife for a south smoke. I'm the CB, your smallest friend. Everybody towards me, CB, duck, because you can't smoke your smoke, you bitch. CB, duck, the CB, your smallest friend. Let him run your front door, smoke, he won't catch you again. 
I decided I would pacify this weird little voice Just to see if he was putting us on with his weird little noise We came flying around the bend, doing about 75 that night And after Smokey got us, we finally saw the light The CB duck wasn't fooling or trying to be a clown He's on the side of the CB, our friend So don't try to shut him down Isn't this like one of those really great dreams where all of your favorite records collide into one beautiful piece of music? No? Oh, all right. Well, that was C.B. Duck. Will you forgive me for playing that? Really, honestly, starting the show on a high culture note, C.B. Duck by... Wait, I, I cut that out too soon. Yeah, there we go. C.B. Duck by Terry Allen. Not to be confused with Terry Allen of Texas. That is Terry Allen of Nebraska. Well, this is a show about food. It's called Pandora's Lunchbox. My name is Mike Still. And coming up this Saturday, October 1st, is the 13th Annual Jam Contest and Public Tasting at Downtown Home and Garden. That's a place that's brought us Mark's Carts with a bunch of food carts. Built a place in the back there for all of those and, and has a number of tasting contests every year. As I mentioned, the 13th Annual Jam Contest and Public Tasting says here at downtownhomeandgarden.com, enter your masterpiece jam or jelly by Friday, September 30th, so you better get boiling. Everyone's invited on Saturday to taste the entries on toast and to vote for your favorites. There are often 60 or more entries and over 200 ballots cast. This year, the prizes include a gift card, a stainless steel Foley food mill, and a mandolin. We'll get to that in a moment. The winning recipe will be posted on the website in the recipe box section. The event is free and open to the public. So, a jam contest and public tasting, and now it's not just strawberry and fig jam and other kinds of jam. I had a mighty fine uh, fig and wine port jam not long ago, not from here, but from Sonoma, California. However, the winner of the jam contest last year was a sweet and spicy pizza jam. Okay, see, it's kind of like the mixed metaphor and the convergence that you got in CB duck, pizza, jam. See, this is there's a cultural and culinary theme running through this show. And uh, so, so the sp- Sweet and Spicy Pizza Jam by Melissa Richards featured onion, garlic, tomatoes, red wine vinegar, sugar, red pepper flakes, and sea salt. And it required stirring and simmering occasionally, <laughs> simmering and stirring occasionally until it reached 220 degrees Fahrenheit. You must cool immediately in an ice bath. You, you might want to cool in an ice bath, or you might do that with the jam. But the winner last year was the Sweet and Spicy Pizza Jam. And, you know, we are what we eat, we are what we play, and we will be talking about playing and eating with mandolins. It'll all make sense at some point, perhaps not today, but in the meantime, I am what I am, and I can really do my jam.
He Ain't Lyin'. That's Kid Creole and the Coconuts. And I am, I can only play my jam. And if you're playing your jam right, then you might be able to enter the jam contest. The jam contest in public tasting at Downtown Home and Garden. Tomorrow's the last day to enter your Masterpiece Jam or Jelly. And Saturday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. is the 13th Annual Jam Contest and Public Tasting. But that's not nearly enough because the following Saturday will be the 3rd Annual Pickle Contest and Public Tasting. And Downtown Home and Gardens says, Check in for some wild concoctions because the pickle people are even more serious than the jammers. I've known most pickle people to be very serious. And and so that's something we should discuss in a future show. But in the meantime, I was mentioning earlier that one of the prizes for the first contest is a mandolin. Now, although Downtown Home and Gardens does carry some musical instruments for kids, I don't know that they actually carry mandolins, but they do that they may carry mandolins. You catch the difference in the two? Mandolin, mandolin. Second one's got a silent E. Uh-huh. I knew you would get that. What is a mandolin? It's a slicing implement that creates such things as shoestring fries, julienne fries, and such like that. Now, according to chefharvey.com, there's something here on the history of the mandolin slicer. It gets a little confusing, but I kind of like it like that. Here it is. Effectively, the first illustrated culinary book was published in 1570 by Bartolomeo Scappi, who was Pope Pius VI cook. One of his book's illustrations shows a small board with a central cutting blade and with other small perpendicular blades to cut vegetables into thin sticks. We're not able to give an exact date, but given the details of the drawings, such a slicer had probably existed for a long time. So this is a mandolin. Then it says here, this is where I get confused, a man from Haute-Savoie, born in Morzine, made the first metal version. In this way, a wooden vegetable slicer invented by Mr. Marcel Forel from Toulouse in the south of France in 1930 was modernized. The cooking instrument was given the name of the musical of the musical one, mandolin, because cooks play, so to speak, the mandolin in the same way as musicians, so to speak. And this says something that I'm going to have to research here. It is interesting to notice that in professional cooking, other equipment takes the name of musical instruments, such as the piano and the guitar. Do you know of any instruments in in the kitchen implements called pianos or guitars? Hey, bring that over to the piano here. We'll chop that up in just a moment. I, I don't know of that. We'll have to look into that. Perhaps in other languages, that may be the case. The mandolin, basically, to recap, is a cooking utensil used for slicing and for cutting juliennes, in other words, for cutting food into long, thin strips, like shoestring fries or carrots. That's what that kind of mandolin is all about. Now, we're going to listen to some tunes with some mandolin, in fact. Tunes about food that are played with musicians playing the mandolin, if you can follow now. Mostly accordion or some such instrument, some mandolin. This is a very traditional, very somber folk tune. I hope that you enjoy it. Magnifico, or maybe spaghetti. Hey, you sub us already. 
like your cousin Luigi. Luigi, Luigi, capisci Python, capisci Python, capisci Python. I know what you're thinking. We're really going highbrow on the show today, aren't we? Yeah, that was Weird Al Yankovic. It was not an old folk tune, I lied. That was, in fact, lasagna to the tune of La Bamba, which is a fine old folk tune. It does indeed include some mandolin, but not the kind you use to make shoestring fries, if you follow me. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. Arwolf will help us to face the music at 7. That's coming up in almost no time at all. We're talking about mandolins and musical instruments, and as a matter of fact, sometimes a mandolin is a food implement, but sometimes food is a musical instrument, if you know what I'm saying. For instance, there are a number of artists, performing artists, who have used vegetables to create music. I mean this quite seriously. If you go to carrotmuseum.co.uk and look for people who make musical instruments from carrots, you can find some very, very nice musical stuff. You probably would not use a mandolin to cut these vegetables because then it would be very difficult to play music on them. On the other hand, this fellow here has managed to get a piece of broccoli that he's carved some holes into and fashion it into an ocarina. This is actually true. If you go to carrotmuseum.co.uk, hello, scroll down the page, you'll get something like this. Here we go. This is on a broccoli. I told you we were going highbrow today. He's actually playing on a carrot in another video here. Looks great, doesn't it? Yes, this is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. That was, as a matter of fact, playing a beautiful tune on broccoli. That's what we're all about here. And, you know, there. speaking of broccoli, there are other kinds of vegetables that are worth talking about, like carrots, as I was mentioning earlier. And we're going to actually segue to something a little bit more serious now. Food Gatherers, in fact, is a food rescue operation in Washtenaw County. And they recently sent out an email saying that September and October are tough months for them. They're slow months for community food drives, and their pantry shelves run dangerously close to running on empty. Food Gatherers says food drives will gear up again in November, but until then, we are struggling every day to meet the needs of our hungry neighbors. They say that 43,000 people in Washtenaw County are without sufficient access to food. Now, I'm making this segue in, in, just because Food Gatherers is known for their carrot logo. Their address is One Carrot Way, and they have various paraphernalia with carrots on them. But I do want you to know about Food Gatherers if you're not familiar with them. They have a number of ways to, of taking donations at foodgatherers.org. 
And speaking of food and these issues, this is actually... Now, we mentioned Saturday there is a food contest, but also another kind of food event that affects quite a few people is happening in the state of Michigan on Saturday. Now, there's going to be a new policy regarding who gets food stamps and how people qualify for food stamps. And the Michigan League for Human Services has put out a press release about that. They say here, a coalition of policy groups has called for Governor Snyder to reverse a new $5,000 limit on assets for the food assistance program. The test on assets is set to take effect on Saturday. The group sent a letter signed by more than 100 organizations, including emergency food providers, statewide policy groups, and others, protesting the asset test that puts seniors, kids, families, and state tax dollars at risk. The $5,000 test includes cash, some savings, and the total value of vehicles with the first $15,000 exempted. I'm not sure if that's clear how I'm explaining it here, but basically they will check your assets to decide whether or not you will get food stamps. Now, Gilda Jacobs is president and CEO of the Michigan League for Human Services. We all agree that poverty is a bad thing, she says. We all agree that hunger is a bad thing. We all agree that we need to be good stewards of our precious dollars. But on Saturday, the Snyder administration will implement a policy that runs counter to that. The Michigan League for Human Services says, Because food assistance is federally funded, no state tax dollars will be saved. In the past, high error rates have cost the state $65 million in penalties. Studies show that most errors are caused by overburdened caseworkers. And they're talking here about the possibility that with the new rules, there will be quite a few caseloads for people to work on. The new test is also bucking the trend where most other states eliminated their asset tests in order to help the newly unemployed and others get through tough economic times. In fact, 29 other states have no asset tests, and 48 states in the District of Columbia exempt at least one vehicle from asset tests. They also say that the new policy comes as census data show that one in every four children in Michigan, 23.5%, is living in poverty. That's an income of about $17,000 or less a year for a family of three. And so the Michigan League for Human Services is letting people know about the new test that people who need food stamps will have to pass in order to get food stamps. If you have $5,000 of cash and assets, and also if you fit other criteria, you will no longer be eligible for food stamps, and that starts on Saturday. And again, just to mention, Food Gatherers is an organization that rescues food in Washtenaw County. They rescue millions of, of pounds of food a year, food that otherwise would be let go from organizations, from banquets. They have arrangements with these folks to rescue the food. And they have a number of ways of taking donations at foodgatherers.org. And as I mentioned a moment ago, September and October are kind of slow months for community food drives. And so pantry shelves can run dangerously empty at times. So Food Gatherers is asking for support. Well, this has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Arbroath will help us to face the music in just a moment. We'd like to go out with a tune by Norman Blake and Tony Rice, Rice's Food. And it's under the album, it's by it's from the album Blake and Rice. And we were talking about mandolin a moment ago. This has mandolin on it, as a matter of fact. This is a medley of Fiddler's Dram and Whiskey Before Breakfast. Technically, this is right now at five minutes to seven before breakfast, so we can, in fact, ingest 
this tune for mandolin, guitar, and perhaps vocals. This has been WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Still will be. Arbor will help us to fake the pace to face. Hmm. To help us to speak and to face the music in just a moment.
I was just telling Mike that that song was giving me a completely unfounded sense of well-being, and he said, well, it is called Whiskey Before Breakfast, so what do you expect? Blake and rice. Is that why you picked this up, Mike? Because rice is, is a type of food? Because it's on mandolin. Uh, it's mandolin on mandolin. Mandolin is, is, is a food implement. And mandolin well is a food implement. As well as a musical instrument. The things I learned from Mike Farini, it's amazing. Norman Blake and Tony Rice, Blake and Rice on Rounder Records. Very nice. I'm going to have to investigate the rest of this record one of these times. It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. It's raining in Ann Arbor. It's a, it's a, actually a, kind of a nice, trippy, trickly, misty kind of rain. So it's probably a good time to play a bunch of old records. In this hour, Face the Music, we're going to cover a lot of ground, and I think we'll get pretty rowdy and psychedelic by the end of it. But I've got a, a lot of ground to cover for you. I want to start in 1921. This is the old Carolina Shout, played by Jimmy Johnson's Jazz Boys. Send this out to Sashek, Kid Licorice. <laughs> 